Hi, hi, madam. And I'm Rob. And this is the Screen Bucket podcast. Hello. I still want to say Scream Bucket. Yeah, I feel a bit disappointed. It's done. It's over. Let it go. Let it go. Christmas time. No, 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 no. We're we're playing that at Christmas. I'm sorry. (laughs) Stumber. We'll play Frozen alongside the soundtrack to. Christmas, no, 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 no. Gremlins. <laughs> anyway, 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 that's for a later date. This is the November podcast, yes, where we are very obviously in a Halloween slump, mm-hmm. as you will tell when you hear the full show. It's not very, very uh, conventional. Uh, we go off on a few tangents, but the main thing we discuss. What did we discuss? Uh, we discussed um, Brian Singer's uh, musical film Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yes. Um, we discuss Nightcrawler, Mr. Gyllenhaal. Yes. The man from the film with the bunny rabbit. <sighs> yes. 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 Um, we talk about uh, God knows. <laughs> and we fill some time mm. with a game called Heads Up. Heads Up. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess just go straight into it, shall we? Yeah, yeah, go into it. Just, <laughs> just get it done. Just get it done. And we'll uh, we'll see you shortly. It's starting, ladies and gentlemen. Screen Bucket proudly presents Adam and Rob. It's over, man. Yeah, no more Halloween for another year. No, the cobwebs are coming down. The pumpkins are being thrown in the bin. Yeah. How was your pumpkin disposal? Yeah, it got mouldy. We left it in the house a couple of days after it got mouldy. And then finally yesterday, I looked inside it and thought, enough is enough. Be gone with you, foul yeah. pumpkin. Unusually mouldy. I don't know what you did to it. Oh, I don't know why it happens. It should have been purged with alcohol. You would think, after Josh... After Josh drank from the mouth of the pumpkin, our <laughs> yeah. lovely vodka cocktail. In a tribal moment of pure... Mm. Sinister intent. Mm. It was a satanic moment. It was a good Halloween. We got a bit messy on one night. We celebrated over a week, and mm. the second night was much, much more civilized. Yes, we what did we watch again? We watched demonic toys. Yep, trick or treat. Trick or treat. Trick or treat, which is instantly probably my favourite Halloween, specifically Halloween film. Oh, that was great. I don't know how I haven't watched it already. I, I found it by accident a couple of years ago. I, I think I only found it because I found out the director moved on to Krampus, which is my favourite Christmas film, possibly. Mm. And yeah. then we fell asleep snuggling watching Bride of Chucky. We did. Seed of Chucky. Seed of Chucky. <laughs> yeah. mm. And we also watched a special premiere Ooh. of our very own... Cirque du Sacrifice. That's the one. Uh, we have publicised on Twitter, so if you haven't seen it already, then you're no fans of ours. But do check out uh, Cirque du Sacrifice on YouTube. It is brilliant. It's something we knocked out in 24 hours, spread over yeah, and I'm two weeks. genuinely chuffed with ourselves for having achieved it. Yay! Mm. If you like little clown dolls killing people... Be warned, there's a lot of swearing and some gore, but all in all, a fun frolic of Halloween nastiness. Yes, indeed. Yes. 
Bit silly, bit, bit stupid, all fun. All fun and games. That's our, like, our logo, mm. our tagline. Now, the only thing to do with Halloween is eat all these lovely sweets. Yes. There's a pot in front of me. Nom, 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 nom. Too many sweets, man. <laughs> Too many sweets. What did you say to me earlier? This is, in the last week, I've eaten more sweets than I've eaten in the last 10 years. <laughs> no exaggeration. I think that's fair. I think that's Halloween season summed mm, up, isn't indeed. it? It's like eating cheese at Christmas. There are certain creeping pains happening inside my teeth. <laughs> which yeah. Actually, I've had the same thing. Yeah, yeah. so the dentist looms. <laughs> Awful. But Malwam's so tasty. Oh, I go mad for Malwam. M-O-A-O-M. Mm. Pick a chew and take a bite. Yeah, that advert's stuck in my head. Never seen it. Do you remember the skateboard guy? He was flipping up. Uh, no. Oh, all right, just me then. Mm. <laughs> so what have we got lined up for us today? Uh, so we're going to talk about Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh yeah, uh, Brian Singer's new uh, historical rock flick. And mm. um, we're going to discuss uh, Nightcrawler. Ooh, starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, that hunk. Although he's not so much of a hunk in this one. Mm. Um, what else? We're going to do some improv. Of sorts. Yeah, we haven't worked Again, that out yet. Yeah. But, you yeah, know, that's fine. And we're going to play Heads Up. We are going to play Heads Up. Yeah. If, to those of you who don't know, Heads Up is an app in which you place your phone on your forehead and the person in front of you has to give you hints about what comes up on the phone. Yeah, it's the modern app version of the post-it note scene in uh, Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, yes. Mm. Yes, quite uh yeah cool we totally had loads of ideas that's why we're not filling it all with junk yes <laughs> we're is, in the halloween slump I'm this afraid. is prime radio yeah i guess prime crap prime ribs mm. so bohemian rhapsody then i haven't seen it yet it was great it was great i think it was better than the critics are giving it credit for because okay. when i came out of the cinema afterwards I was surrounded by dozens of people saying how spectacular it was. Right, okay. That's interesting, yeah. That said, in my opinion, they opted... So before, before you say that, when what's the, what's the film? What is the... Okay. In, so it's 1970. Okay. There is a band called, I believe, Smile. Right. And they're playing a gig, and the bassist drops out, and the singer, I believe, and the band are looking gloomy in their van thinking, oh, what are we going to do now? Is that it? Is that the end of the road? Mm. And then one Freddy, I can't remember his uh, actual real name. Kruger. <laughs> Freddy Kruger walks past <laughs> and says, go to sleep. Um, Freddy walks past and they say to him, oh, what do you want, Big Tooth? And then he says, he doesn't say, he just sings. He gives him an example of how well he can sing. Okay. So all of a sudden he's on board. And then it's kind of Queen's rise to stardom. It shows their first gig with mm. Freddie attached. Uh, it starts with Freddie changing the lyrics and the rest of the band, Brian May and Roger Taylor, they're thinking, what is he, this guy doing? Mm. Uh, and he's prancing around. He's yanked the microphone out of the stand. He's being all flamboyant. Okay. And uh, the crowd start to love it. Yeah. And their their eyebrows start to raise. I think, who have we got here? We've got this absolutely ridiculous <laughs> character who's now fronting our bands. Mm. And from then on, it's sort of them touring and they sell their van and a load of money they've saved up to an album together okay the album is eventually found by someone by emi and then from there they get an american tour they make it stardom and following some huge success including like the recording of bohemian rhapsody and how it was received then 
it sort of starts to go downhill. Freddie becomes sort of attached to this sort of darker world in which okay. he's going to clubs and yeah. exploring his sexuality. And they start to lose him a bit. They think, you know, he's coming in drunk and high quite a lot. But then, mm. you know, the rumours of this concert, this certain Live Aid concert comes along. And then from that, that step forward, it's kind of progressing towards that. Okay. My criticism comes from the fact that they there's a lot of poetic license in it. Yeah. They changed a lot of facts. And I think with a... And they swapped a load of events around, such as Freddie's like AIDS diagnosis, when that took place and its effect. Um, they sort of said that them being at Live Aid was the reason that it was actually a success when there was a lot of money raised up beforehand. Yeah. So there's a lot of poetic license. And mm. in fact, at the start, the way that Freddie met them, that didn't happen either. I think Freddie was actually Brian May's flatmate at the time. So there's a couple really? of, there's a lot of poetic license in there. And I think with a band like Queen, with a story like Freddie Mercury's, surely you can tell the truth and still make a great movie. Yeah. I mean, it's the trouble with biopic stuff and actually documentaries in a way as well. They do still have to fit the formula mm. for an audience to know what's going on. Yeah, they um, do. I mean, it works, it works. And what they didn't do as well is they didn't go into the debauchery, they didn't go into the hedonism. Mm. There was a couple of little montage scenes of Freddie going into different gay clubs and okay. sort of uh, gloomy music playing and such, so heavily hinting that this is him going off the, off the rails a bit. Yeah. I can understand why they didn't do it because Queen is a national treasure. Freddie Mercury is a national treasure. Greatest rock star of all time, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. So obviously they wouldn't want to taint his name. Furthermore, Queen, I think they said, Brian May said himself, is that they didn't want to sort of taint that, which I understand. But, yeah, I mean, that's the trouble. With such an iconic band and a film about them where families are going to want to go, hmm. older generations are going to want to go, and the international American market who are notoriously uh, close-minded about such things, even today. Mm, true. I mean, that's that's where business is going to take from story, yeah, I guess. Definitely. Which is a shame. I think they should have found an in-between. I think yeah. maybe bump it up to a 15. Maybe show a bit more. You don't have to go... You don't have to make it an 18 or an R-rated. You don't have to show in great X-rated detail what you got up to. Yeah. But maybe a bit more partying would be better. But having said that, there are, I think there are two scenes in the film where I had genuine goosebumps and I was looking around the cinema and people were bobbing their heads. Oh, and it was, great. Honestly, one of those rare cinematic experiences when you're adrenaline fueled like, uh, yes, yeah, 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 which yeah, is yeah. very rare, which most great films don't achieve. It's sort of like... like it's definitely or, a hallmark of success when that happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think of uh, the first Godzilla film was quite boring. But then there's a bit where he breathes a laser breath for the first time. And for that one moment, you're like, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's true. There are these certain films which don't quite hit the mark, and but yet they have these moments of absolute perfection. I had a moment in uh, You Were Never Really Hit There. You Were Never Really Here? Right. When I was looking around like, what is this film? Really? This is so good. And this guy, like six aisles in front of me, who was on a date, hmm. looked back. And was doing the same thing, and we met eyes and went, "What is this?" Film? <laughs> it was it's, amazing. Yeah, it's great. We were like, yeah. "When a film, <laughs> we nodded each other." When it gives you an outer body experience of, "Oh my god, yeah, is this really? Am I watching this?" Yeah. So that is what you would, I would definitely say about Queen is there are moments of just pure like you just can't take your eyes off the screen. Cool. Um, could have been better, but could have been much worse. 
Well, well, I would definitely recommend it to everyone. And judging by the reaction, you know, it's a very enjoyable film. Yeah, I will see it, I think. I think I'll see it on the strength of the music. Yeah, My appreciation of the music more than so yeah. the film. Yeah, oh, well, that's it. That is half the film. Hmm. Also, you have to say that Remy Malik, brilliant. Um, I don't know the name of the actor, but the dude who plays Brian May is Brian May. <laughs> okay. If you look at pictures of Brian May <laughs> yeah, and then look at him, it's like, oh, my God. Sort of like a poodle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. <laughs> cool. So, uh, what's going to be our first song then? It's going to be Bohemian Rhapsody. I think so. Yes. Um, so we'll be bobbing our heads onto this. Hopefully, if you're in a car. Oh, that reminds too. me. I have to say, Mike Myers is in it. This is what I'm talking about. Actually, he is a amalgamation of the criticism that Bohemian Rhapsody got. He didn't. He didn't <laughs> exist in real life. But okay. basically, at the time, loads of people were saying. Don't make Bohemian Rhapsody a single. It's rubbish. And this particular guy didn't exist, but he was like a sort of coming together of all of this criticism. Okay, yeah. And Mike Myers plays him, yeah. and he says something along the lines of, do you think people will be bobbing their heads in, in a car to this in 20 years' time? <laughs> and they were! Let's check it out. Enjoy! Oh, mademoiselle, would you like to have a film discussion? Oh, yes, monsieur. I would love to have... An in-depth film discussion with you, like that do on screen, bucket. Written and directed by Dan Gilroy, Nightcrawl is a 2014 um, thriller. Yeah. Film uh, starring Jake Gyllenhaal as Louis Lou Bloom, a petty thief out of luck and desperate for work in L.A. And he stumbles across it in the most unlikely of ways. Yes. During an accident. He drives past an accident on the road and notices, along with the police turning up to save the day, uh, a pair of camera crewmen, videographers called stringers, um, who basically chase ambulances and sirens um, in order to get video footage of nasty things and sell to the news. That's not very nice, is it? No. No, it's not. But... Mm. In some places, that makes money, I guess. You've got to do what you've got to do. You have indeed. And Lou is quick to realise this. So after asking some questions of the, the guys on the scene, uh, goes and pawns a bike. That he steals off of the beach. <laughs> yeah, steals off Venice Beach, goes in, buys himself a camera and a police scanner and sets out to try and make some money as a freelance video journalist. Just as a quick one, did you notice that the uh, guy in the pawn shop was the horrible head of, uh, what was it, from Preacher? The old father. Yes, yes. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. 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 He's obviously just British fat man who lives in LA. Yeah. It's flung <laughs> in there. Um, yeah. Nightcrawler. Uh, absolutely adore this film. Mm. Have done for years. And no, it's one that people still haven't seen. No. It feels like. No, I just watched it the other day. Yeah. But I, I didn't know because the way it had been described to me, especially regarding Jake Gyllenhaal's uh, character, Lou, yeah. was I didn't know what to make of it. I didn't know, you know, it was what, so he's the protagonist, but he's not. Well, he's um, he's definitely opens as the protagonist. He's definitely the the main character we've seen go through an arc, but it's a um, self destructive arc, shall we mm. say? But he never really self destructs. No. It's a success story. Well, this is it. Nightcrawler is about essentially a sociopath. Hmm. Lou Bloom is uh, manipulative, fairly evil. During the filming, Jake Gyllenhaal uh, 
based himself on a coyote, which yeah. you can see. He's got gaunt eyes and just stares at people. So much suddenly I'm almost going to name the film that. Yeah, yeah, as we just read, yeah. Um, it is a, it's a, what it is, it's a Rags to Riches story of a complete madman. Yeah, it's almost It's almost like a parody of the American dream, hmm. is how I saw it. It's difficult, it's difficult to take in in that sense, especially because as it goes on, obviously he discovers that not only can he follow these scenes, but if he gets there in time, he can edit them. Yes, yes. And the- that's and that's very quickly he does that. Mm. He, doesn't, he doesn't start off as a, as a noble video journalist. He enters this world by manipulating the environment. It's a bit which actually really got under my skin was when he arrives at one accident and there's a guy lying dead in the road. So he grabs him by the legs. Oh, yes. Pulls him away from the van, jumps into the bushes so he can get a better shot. Yeah. And it's all framed. And he's doing it purely to get the best. Oh, yeah. Know, yeah. Frame it all in. And that was the first moment in the film where I went, oh, God, I don't like this guy at all. Right, right. Hmm. Yeah, he... So, yes, yeah, so this guy, he basically overnight goes from scrap metal thief stealing fences and manhole covers for like 50p a pound to overnight success as a video journalist who sets out to take over the world really so he quickly states his goals to the tv director lady and he says nina nina yes Yes. he says uh that he wants to be president of his own company he wants to be introduced to everyone in the uh in the network yes yes he, he starts out by getting himself a video camera uh, get himself a police scanner, but then he gets himself a little buddy. Oh yes, he sort of, he sets himself up. What's really, what's really interesting about this film is Jake Gyllenhaal's performance goes up and down. He has different roles in this film. Lou changes as depending on who he's talking to. Hmm. So he's quite. It feels quite natural and a bit shy and ambitious when he's talking to people like Nina. He goes to a diner to meet. Someone who I presume he got off the internet somewhere, Craigslist is what's in my head, um, to get this new employee to work with him. Played by, oh, it's Rick, played by Riz Ahmed. Four Lions fame. Yes. Who you would not know. If you didn't know who he was, you would not know his English. No, not at all. He's absolutely nails this sort of Californian waster sort of role. Um, but when he's talking to him, he's very professional. Professional to the point of like authoritarian professional, yeah, like tyranny. I, ha- I have this opportunity for you, yeah, yeah. You're gonna work for me for 30 bucks a night, and it's a great opportunity. You know, it's a great opportunity. This isn't this is fact, absolutely, yeah. It's not up for negotiation, and not only it's not even what he's saying, his whole demeanor changes. Hmm. He scrapes his hair back, he puts in a ponytail, you know, he wears glasses. That's he's, true as well. His, he, his appearance changes, isn't it? He's like a shapeshifter. Hmm. Maybe he's less like a coyote, more like a werewolf. He's sort of like, he changes depending on who he's talking to. And through that, he manipulates everyone around him. Mm. And it's quite uncomfortable, actually, when you think about it. It is. It, it becomes uncomfortable at the point when you realise he's doing it. Because at the start of the film, he's when he's selling the scrap metal and stuff, mm-hmm. and he's speaking to the man who's telling him to go and do one, he comes across as very ambitious, as, and as someone you want to succeed. Yeah. Think, well, he, okay. he says, doesn't he, hire me, I want a job. Yeah, and the guy's like, "I'm not hiring a thief," yeah. you know. And he keeps going, "What about an internship? What about anything?" And yeah, you're rooting for him at that moment. But when you realise what he's up to, 
And you realise it's all the games with him that he's just changing and changing and changing. Does he know what he's up to? That's true. He sort of falls into these positions where he just ends up in a situation where he... It's almost like he's playing the part of someone else. Mm. Oh, this guy in this situation would do this. So I'm going to do that. It's that and it's instinct. Yeah. It's just it's, pure instinct to every situation. It's definitely a predator. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what? I really love the scene where um, him and Rick are bartering for what Rick's new salary is. And then yes. uh, Rick says, oh, 75 bucks a night. Yes. I could have asked for more, couldn't I? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah. He says it with happiness and just pure, like, matter of fact. But he, but he, he makes the point of that earlier on as well. He says that he like he, when he talks to Nina, or he sees Nina talking to Frank, one of the other guys in the news station, hmm. um, and he goes, "I like how you just say what you mean. You're objective," hmm. and and so he absorbs that into his new role as this TV guy. Hmm. <sighs> and then there's this. The sort of demands he makes to Nina are quite perverse as well, in a way. Like, yeah. Uh, well, things... I'd say the first half are fairly... Although the character's interesting, the first half is probably quite standard. Mm. It's quite formulaic. It sort of follows that template of the rags to riches, but with this horrible character. After that point, things go really dark. They follow a much more sinister path. Mm. And by the end, you don't even know what's happening. Like... Really, it's really even though I've seen it before, watching it again for this chat, it was very edge of the seat stuff because I you don't know what's going to happen next. No, not at all. There's a moment where he's there's a moment when things shift and he has to make a decision. Yeah, there's a moment where a a crash happens, and chance would have it as he has an interaction with someone in which. He could be respectful or he could take advantage of it. Yeah. And of course he takes advantage of it with complete and utter lack of emotion. This is the thing. This is why I think it's a parody almost of the American dream because to get successful, it famously, to be successful, you have to be at least in a way psychopathic. You have to have that lack of empathy to tread on others to get up. Hmm. And that's what's embodied in it. Even though it's a very small film in its way. It's it's LA after dark. It's on these roads, these side roads that you'd never normally see in an LA based film. Mm. It sort of reminds me of... Um, uh, it's not quite the same, but like Taxi Driver. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Or Repo Man. It's the seedy other world. It's the other world. It's the Yeah, it's the dark side of LA. It's the bits of LA you go into if you get lost. Yeah. Yeah, and you find all these characters here. It would have been nice if things were... I don't know, it's quite small in scope. It's got an indie film vibe about it, even though it's not. Hmm. Um, it's got the indie where it's like, it's just filmed where it is. Hmm. You, it could have gone in a direction where it pushed the CD aside a little bit more, I think. It could have gone into the red light district and followed hookers. and hmm. It could have entered the taxi driver world. Hmm. But it didn't. It stayed very much on its own, which is admirable, but that could have been a direction, I think. Hmm. Also, there's a lot of connections with Drive. Yeah, I see that. In that it's it's the it's the it's the soulless wanderer hmm. at night, isn't it, driving around. And that's much the same. That's the other other part, isn't it? The drive is the 
forgotten streets. Yes, is, you know. absolutely. Yeah, that's the only thing. Nightcrawler's soundtrack's not particularly memorable. No, it could. I think if it came out now, it would have more of a drive. Do you know the soundtrack is great though? Because because there are certain scenes where you would expect for the director to put in like a sinister sort of backing track, especially when he's doing things like like dragging bodies across the set of yeah, scene. Yeah. But instead there's this kind of slightly floaty, inspirational, positive music in I the guess. background to him doing it. It's quite... Yeah, it's quite detached, yeah. I suppose. Well, I, I'm sure I read somewhere that the music cues used in it were supposed to be in Lou's head. Really? It's him in his own film. That makes a lot of sense. So you saying that, actually, that does... Yeah, it has that flow. He's like, oh, this is what I, this is what I want to do. I'm going to do this, I'm gonna, and this will get me the the shot I want. This yeah, is nice. yeah, I guess so. Not look what this weird creep is doing with that corpse to get money. I guess. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I just I just kind of want to hear more synth. <laughs> of course he does. You can't be synth on everything. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, it's a great film, and it's on Netflix, so I think everyone should watch it. Hmm. There's a lot that we can't talk about, which we don't. We don't want to give it away because it's, yeah. it's really is just watching a, a man spiral into insanity in a positive way. It's spiraling up, spiraling up, yeah, mm. um, and doesn't really care about the people no. on the way up. Yes, it's um, definitely one of the better films out there. I think. I think mm. it's. I would put it on one of my top lists. I think. Yeah. And definitely an easy choice on Netflix if you haven't seen it already. Yes, absolutely. Should we play a song? Yeah, let's play a song. You have one message. Message one. I'm sorry, I got my jacket stuck in the door. It's Jake Gyllenhaal here. Um, hello, Streambucket. I know you talked about Nightcrawler today, but I was just wondering if you liked any of my other films. I don't know if you've seen Everest. That's pretty good. I climb up a mountain in that one. I don't know if you've seen The Day After Tomorrow either. It's when New York gets really cold. And Dennis Quaid is my daddy. I don't know if you've seen Prince of Persia either. That's not very good. I don't want you to see that movie. It wasn't my best work. Uh, I don't know if you've seen Enemy. It's pretty good. I don't know if you've seen... Love and Other Drugs is kind of a romantic comedy. That's pretty good. Jake! Jake, what are you doing? I'm just speaking to Adam and Rob on the phone. Come on, Jake. We need to do that for a walk. Okay. I'll see you later anyway. I've got to go and act in another film. I love you guys. Come on, Jake. Bye. Adam's Film Reviews. Slaughterhouse Rules, 2018. Did you get my note about the no-go areas? Um, I cannot have pupils wandering about in the middle of the night. These things always end up in a bloody mess. There's something in the woods. What the devil? That hole is a gateway. And it leads straight down to hell. Now, who wants to buy some drugs? They just ate half the upper seat. Children, save yourselves to the scooter. Hold it. All right, I'm going as fast as I can. 
You're making me nervous! Directed by Crispian Mills, Slaughterhouse Rules introduces us to Don Wallace, played by Finn Cole, a new student at the legendarily tough boarding school, Slaughterhouse. The school is rich with history and lore, and even richer with bullies and toadies, the likes of which would have made even Tom Brown blush. While in his first week, Don falls for a girl in the upper sixth, called Clemsy Lawrence, played by Hermione Caulfield. In his attempts to impress her, Don routinely falls foul of house god and sadist Clegg, played by the frightening Tom Reese Harries. And during one of his punishments, Don stumbles onto a restricted area of the grounds with his roommate Willoughby, played by Asa Butterfield. The area is restricted because the land has been sold to a fracking company, who are hard at work pumping shale gas out of the cave system beneath Slaughterhouse. Despite the local protesters, the fracking on the site causes large sinkholes to open up on the grounds, tearing open the ground and allowing the secrets that were long since buried beneath the school to rise up once more. Slaughterhouse Rules might just be the most fun I've had in the cinema in months. Funny, sharp, rammed with splastic and refreshingly silly, Slaughterhouse Rules is, for me, a return to form for Simon Pegg and a welcome return to Nick Frost who both star on opposite sides of the conflict. And a promising start to Stolen Picture, uh, Peg and Frost's own production company. Oh, and incidentally, there are some negative reviews out there for this film, and as far as I can tell, it's because they are expecting Shaun of the Dead. This isn't Shaun of the Dead. Don't go in expecting it, and sit back and enjoy the fun. It's totally worth it. Stop worrying what they're going to do. Eat you alive! <laughs> Delicious. And the news at when, when, now. This is the news. The writers behind the Blair Witch Project and Final Destination are set to collaborate on a new satirical horror movie. Oh? Yeah. Blair Witch co-writer and co-director Daniel Mirick and Final Destination creator Jeffrey Reddick will team up to bring us The Unearthly. Ooh. Details are slim, but it may look like we have some competition, Adam. In fact, two horror geniuses teaming up to make a laughy horror together? I think it's time to lawyer up. Have we been hacked? Yeah, we're in their league. Eat above. <laughs> Has anyone seen Corvus? Has anyone seen Ghost Shark? Oh, but... Yeah. <laughs> uh... Ridley Scott is developing Gladiator 2. Really? Yes. Hang on, can I stop you there? Is it going to be a prequel about the founders of Rome being giant blue people and goo? Is that an Avatar reference? Prometheus, you scumbag. Oh, right. Of course. That would be good. Sadly not. (laughs) The legendary director is somehow piecing together a sequel to the 2000 action drama with Top Gun 2 writer Peter Craig. You heard it here second, folks. Sounds awful. Scott has been thinking about a sequel for years, having previously asked Nick Cave of all people to put together a script that literally involved Hero Maximus coming back from the dead to wage a war against Christianity. What a film that would have been. According to Deadline, Scott and Craig are working on a script for Paramount, although I somehow doubt Crow will be returning. I hope he does. Oh, I'm I'm alive again! Blimey! This sounds awful! I know, right? 
Ridley Scott, man. Leave stuff alone. Uh, well, You've already can... found out that Blade Runner could be better without Ridley Scott. He can do what he wants. He's rich and acclaimed. He needs to stop. Mm. The only grandpa filmmaker should be George Miller. Everyone else. It's time to retire. Um, spooky Netflix hit, Haunting of Hill House, may continue on as an anthology series, according to creator Mike Flanagan. Flanagan told The Wrap that if they did do a season two, they said it definitely wouldn't involve the Crane family because their story was told. But an anthology series could happen, with some people starting to worry about shows like Stranger Things becoming a bit too samey. This could be a wise move and bring us fresh new stories from the spooky abode. Just please, no more bent neck, lady. No more. And I didn't want to go here. I didn't want to stoop to this level of journalism. But you know what Adam said to me before the show? If it bleeds, it leads. So here we go. I was quoting Nightcrawler. Alec Baldwin has been charged with assault after punching a man over a car parking space. The actor was arrested in New York after punching a 49-year-old man in the face. The man sustained an injury to his jaw during the scuffle. Adam, could you beat Alec Baldwin in a fight? And how? Um... No. Why? I can't think which one he is. Is he the real Baldwin? Yeah. There's, there's a fake Baldwin, isn't there? He's the Baldwin who's a president a lot, and he does Donald Trump impersonations. Oh. I think I'd run away. Yeah, so do I. Mm. He's got that mad Hollywood glint in his yeah, eyes. Yeah, he does. He does. He's like mm. an animal. Yeah, he ripped it to shreds. Yeah. Get away from me, normal! Anyway. <laughs> a sequel to The Meg is in development. Hey. I couldn't be bothered to research that any further. I bet it's going to have a shark in it. Yeah, I reckon it will have two. Two? And oh, it'll a be breeding called, pair. Yeah, called Meg 2. Two sharks, one cup. <laughs> uh, <laughs> two uh, yeah. sharks, one boat. It's a Megalodons. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Megalodons. It's Jason Statham. What? Did he, he didn't die, did he? No, he's fine. Yeah, he's fine. He's alright. He, uh, he got eaten in the boat and then he chopped the shark oh, yeah, with that's the right. that's fin right. of the ship. <laughs> yeah, Meg, Megs. That mm. should be the sequel. And then Britain and Asia were declared friends forever. What? Oh, see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Alright, let's put another song on. Yeah, then off. Stream bucket on FM. Beep boop. This week's show um, is actually a little bit longer than before. We've got an extra 10 minutes of time to be speaking to you. Um, that's because of strange moving things around and stuff. As such, we're slightly unprepared for the extra 10 minutes of content that we need to provide. So, mm. what have you got for us, Rob? Well... I have a game on my phone called Heads Up. Yay! So, just so the uh, listeners know what's going on, I have this game, so I choose a subject, and we're going to keep it movie-themed, so we're going to choose blockbuster movies. I will place it on my head, and then different films and stuff will come up, and Adam will have to describe it to me without giving away the name, and then if I get it right, I get a point and we move on to the next one. Does that make sense? It does, yes. It's the the post-it head game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what are we winning for? Playing for? Uh, that what? tube of refreshers. Oh my! 
Good lord. So we're playing for a tube of Barrett Refreshers. Oh yes. Which has already been opened on one end. Nice. Nice. <laughs> the golden chalice. <laughs> yeah, I'll just put it up there so we can uh, see it. Lovely. Cool. All right, I'll, I'll, go, I'll put it on my head first. So wait, who... The person describing or the person guessing? Who's person... the one earning the point? It's just... Person guessing. Person guessing. But then I'll say... No, 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 no. But no. you have to do your best. You've got to be honest. It's, an, it's a sport of honesty, heads up. Okay, all right. Don't be a cheat. But we've got a big Don't prize cheat. Well, if I think you've been cheating, then I'll throw it out the window. <laughs> all right. All right, you ready? <laughs> yes. Right. So it should be team-based, really, shouldn't it? No, well, everything should be better, shouldn't it? <laughs> okay, three, two, one. Um. Okay, it's about things that breathe fire. Rain of fire, dragons. And if you are making them sit and lie down and beg... Sleeping dragon. What are you making... If it's a dog and you're making them lie down, sit and beg, you are... Instructing dragon. Choo-choo! How to train your dragon. There we go. Uh, It's the Cape Crusader made out of little blocks. Lego Batman. Yep. Uh... Can I do impressions of the music? Yes. Bo 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 bo. What? Bo 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 bo. Uh, great closing counters of the third kind. Yes. Uh, uh, car goes into a wall. It's a accident crash. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh David Hasselhoff running on the beach. SpongeBob SquarePants movie. No. Uh, Baywatch. Yep. Uh. Time's up. Oh, that was a good one as well, the last one. What was it? Uh, kindergarten Cop. Uh, okay, so I got... You got five. Okay. That's not very good. Okay, that's you. Oh, great. Ah! No time to reflect. Skip it. Definitely skip it. Uh, Pierce Brosnan, James Bond, where he surfs on the waves after the laser chases him. Uh, uh, World is Not Enough? No, the one after that. Ah! Uh, Madonna sings it. Live no, oh, ah. dead but not dead. Uh, if you are dead, what do you do? You're dying. Oh God. Um, what is it? It's not night. Dying after uh, die after day. Di- day after die. <laughs> Skip it. Die another day. Yes. Um, it's the Christmas film which you watch every year. Krampus with your family. Gremlins. Um, the man gets his wings. Black Christmas. What? <laughs> it's a Wonderful Life. <sighs> Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tarzan. Yes. Um, his nose grows. Pinocchio. Yeah. Um, what's your favourite? Scary movie. Yeah. Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. No, it's a scary movie. Uh, the postman delivers. Time's up. The post. That oh, was the post. All right. Julian Julia. What the hell is that? Five cards. Oh. Tie. We better do it again then. Got to do a tiebreaker. Do you want to? Oh look! It vi- I didn't know it videoed you. Yeah. Well. Okay. Stop it! Stop it! Go away. All right. So we're gonna do a tiebreaker. All right, tiebreaker. But we're gonna do. Uh. Animals gone wild. What? What is that? I don't know. Let's try it. <sighs> not really anything to do with film, the but... the best radio, piece of radio ever. All right. 
Uh, all right, digs a tunnel. It's Moles. Like, yes. <laughs> uh, it has spines and isn't a hedgehog. A porcupine. Yes. This is rubbish. Uh, has a day to himself that Bill Murray is, is in. Groundhog. Yeah. Yeah, brought it back. Uh, Cape Crusader, but not the man. Super. Uh, bat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shut your mouth hole. If a mafia person was saying it. Shut your pie hole. I don't know what they uh, say. Like a shellfish. Clam. Yes. <laughs> uh, Rango in Rango. Chameleon. Oh, no, the other one. Gecko. The other one. Monitor lizard. Komodo dragon. Uh, keep going. Sounds a bit like an African country. Oh, that's no good. There's like 50 million countries in Africa. Uh, uh, I can't think of another one. It was iguana. Oh. That was silly. Oh, that didn't work, did it? We should have done another movie one. Still, though, you got five. I got six. Yeah, but it take iguana off. Oh, yeah. All right, there you go. All right, last one, last one. This is a fun game, fun visual. Yeah, you're all enjoying this a lot. Yeah. Uh, Pumba is one. Pumba. What? I am Pumba. Ooh. When I was a young boy. Bear. No, what is there in Africa? <laughs> Sorry. They're in Africa. Uh, elephant. The little pig in Africa. With the... A warthog. Yes. I have... I am the... Octopus. Yes. Um... <laughs> Or, 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 or. A sea lion. The other one. A seal. Yeah. Um, it's a king of... Lion. Yeah. Um, Patrick is one in Spongebob. Uh, Starfish. Yeah. See, if you can make a movie, it works. Yes. Oh, I can't. Well, French eat them. F- frogs? Nah. Frogs' legs? Nah. Uh, snails? Yeah. Uh, the Hot... There's a film called The Hot... Blonde. The hot... Nah, cheese. <laughs> it was chick. The hot chick. Oh, oh dear. What? Hot chick on Animals from World? No, it was a chick. Oh, see... Sorry, I wasn't 60s enough. Don't mean I won. Yeah. See, I don't think that's fair. No. Let's split the refreshers in half. All right. Ugh. Best segment of radio we've ever done. Thank uh, you very much. Um, Hollow Dell Media's Screen Bucket with Adam and Rob. You have one message. Message one. Oh, hello, hello, hello. It's Conrad here. Hello, Adam and Rob. I'm just wondering, I'm going to film in too. I'm going to film in too. We're going to film it in Bruges, in Belgium. Again, we're going to go over there in about a month. And we're going to film the whole thing in two days. It's going to be brilliant. Um, I've drank five cups of coffee. I don't really know what's going on. And we're going to get the director of Icon Room, the director's name, but it doesn't matter. We're going to get Brendan Gleeson back in. We'll do like a prequel. We'll do flashbacks. We'll have Ralph Fiennes. Ralph Fiennes is a very good actor. And then afterwards, we'll go and we'll sit down, we'll have some pea soup. We'll have some pea soup in a Belgian pub, and then we'll celebrate. And then, you know, you have to come back, and then we're going to go over to Ireland, and we're going to watch all the best musical Irish people ever. And we're going to watch Bob Geldof. We're going to watch U2. We're going to watch Bewitched. We're going to watch The Chorus. We're going to watch them all. We're going to watch Ash. And then we're going to drink a lot of Guinness, and we're going to get drunk, and we're going to have a good time. And it's going to be brilliant. And I love you. I love you very much. I don't have a cup of coffee. I need to write this film. I need to have him. I haven't slept for 25 days now. And I just know. I know that I can make a really good film. If I go over to Belgium and, and do it with you. I really trust you. I love you. I love you both. Take it easy. Have a good one. Good day. Good day. Good day. Good day. Good day. Good day. Bye. Bye.
And that was Paper Planes by MIA, followed by Whitest Boy on the Beach by Fat White Family from the Trainspotting 2 soundtrack. Yeah, and I think I just wanted to play that song, but I think the MIA one is from Pineapple Express trailer. Okay. So it's in. It's also in Mongrels, BBC puppet comedy. Oh, yeah. One of the best things ever. Oh, that was great. Yeah. Um, Now, we've got a question for you, Rob. Oh, yes. So, in my head... Autumn is horror because of October. Hmm. December is uh, my rebellion to Christmas films. Summer for me, post-apocalyptic, you know, cowboy films, westerns. What on earth is November? What is a November film to you? A November film to me is Blade Runner. Okay, yeah. So I'm thinking rainy sort of... Cold, rainy coats, big coats. Yep, Harry Potter... Yeah. This is the time of year where me and Fern start making our way from Philosopher's Stone all the way up to Deathly Hallows Part 2. <sighs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Right. Um, it's a funny one, though, isn't it? Because it's... I think you... I think, Yeah, you nailed it with Blade Runner, actually. It's not that, Harry Potter. No. Well, continue. Blade Runner because... Muggle. <laughs> yes, yes. Mm. What of it? <laughs> uh, Blade Runner, though, it has that... Um, lets you feel cosy without it necessarily being a horror film it's an ambient film and it's one which you could watch easily every year without getting bored of it oh and i do in fact yeah and alien alien and blade runner two films i watch every year Mm. it's about the ambience it's about the environment it's about settling into that duvet so and so would you extend that to the sequel Mm, 2049 definitely yeah i mean it's it's as good as the original and there's snow in it, isn't there? So is that... It kind of fits in with the cold. Now, did you ever watch Mute? No. On Netflix. Mute is a very Blade Runner-y film, which I think absolutely would work for so as a November film. Was it one about the Mute bartender? Yes. Right. It was. It's Blade Runner meets Drive. Cool. I'd say maybe. It's a funny one. It's by Duncan Jones, who is one of my favourite film directors at the moment. Hmm. Um, ever since uh, his film Moon, hmm. which you haven't seen, no, and we're going to cross that bridge in a very <laughs> an episode very soon. Absolutely, it's um, Moon is probably my one of my favourite films ever made. Uh, I don't know, I can't really reveal too much about that, but it's it's a story of, sort of loneliness and wanting to go home, which bleeds into the winter season with Christmas coming up, especially. Yeah. Any other types of film that would you would think is... I can talk about TV series for definite. Oh, yeah, go for it. Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah. On the top. On the top of everything. For autumnal watching, you've got this... Uh, the light <laughs> just turned on on its own. Sorry, that was really distracting. The light just turned itself on. Okay. <laughs> we went from a cosy, uh, curtain-closed room to a strange... Sinister Orange. It's worth watching. Uh, it's worth mentioning that our compadre Josh performed a summoning on Halloween weekend. Did he? Did he? Did he do it in this room? He, um, we did. We did. We. Um, he used the witch's curse to summon oh something. God. So it's probably in here now. Hooray! Yay! <laughs> yeah, Twin Peaks. So you've got this autumnal town, and a murder happens. It's very Street, true, grey, it? loomy town full of trees. The light just got brighter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
It's all the way on. It's all the way on. <laughs> okay. Um, does it like Twin Peaks or does it not like Twin Peaks? <laughs> Is it the ghost of Laura Palmer? Fire walk with me. Mm. I love <laughs> they, you. they live in the electronics. Oh, yeah. This is completely unscripted, unplanned instantly. That's really disturbing. Right, so yeah. Um, Cooper, Agent Dale Cooper. Agent Dale Cooper, yes. Rolls into town. He's investigating the murder of Laura Palmer. Yep. There's a lot of very weird townsfolk. A lady who speaks to her log. Yep. There's I love a, it. You know, there's a lake, there's a factory, there's it's all very You would say, so you would say that's a better November film than October series, rather. Um Cause Yeah, it, I would, I would. You're right, it is it has that autumnal in my head it's always Because it's not pure spooky, it's no. got because it's got the soap opera element as well. It's kinda I'd say the film's probably October. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's just I mean, I watched it for the first time, I think, 2014, four years ago. and Oh, that soon? That recently? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the first, the first episode, I didn't know what to make of it. And I think I almost said to Fern, like, Can we, I can't be bothered to watch this. Oh. Two episodes later, yeah. we need to stay up until four o'clock in the morning <laughs> until we physically can't keep our eyes open anymore because it's so damn good. It's, been, it's like unrivaled, I think. Nothing has come that's been better than Twin Peaks in terms of what it does. The only comparable thing I can think of is X-Files. Yeah, definitely. But that's its own beast. That's uh, more of an anthology, not a long... Because Twin Peaks was a a parody of soap operas. Mm. So it has that long-form storytelling thing about Mm. it. And you've got the cross-dressing David Duchovny. Yes. Links into X-Files. They weren't supposed to be the same character, were they? No, they should have been. That would be great if that was just a phase before he started uh, (laughs) looking into aliens. Um yeah, I love it. I, I actually, I'm, I'm really desperate to start watching it from the beginning. Me and Fern have like the extended DVD edition Ooh. if you need to borrow it. Yeah. Yes, I think I think that's a must. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if it's on Amazon Prime. It was a while ago. If, yeah. Have you seen the second series? The what? The 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 new. Yeah. No, I haven't. The third series. Sorry. What? So famously. David Lynch became very frustrated and upset with the fact that the people, the big. The big men in charge were telling them yeah. you know, less Lynch, more soap. Yeah, well, that you can sort of see, especially in the end of the second series. Yeah, there's a point when the mystery is all kind of wrapped up, and then everyone sort of hangs around yeah. a bit, and it's it like going. Oh. they're throwing someone else to focus on another. Antagonist. Yeah, and you can tell that that's because the studio said, <laughs> "Can you round this up, please?" It's such a shame. It's like yeah. I mean. It's, it happens all the time. Most recently, most notably, people fiddling with something that shouldn't have been fiddled with is The Hobbit. I mean, oh, well, that's just a... Something that should have been a one-movie masterpiece has turned into three films of made-up yeah. nonsense. But yeah. similarly, with Twin Peaks, they've meddled with it and said, right, well, people like watching the bits where the happy music comes on and they've just had an argument. and you know, Yeah, God. but the, so the new series is... Pure Lynch. Yeah, it's it's the uh, it's the counter to that, isn't it? It's so much like it's very nuclear themed. There's one episode mm. where it's just ten minutes of a bomb going off, and then different oh, sort wow. of dimensional things happening, and like chemicals and science. But you see it. I feel it's, like David Lynch has always been nuclear inspired. I always said, I can't remember if we said it on here actually. Um, I've always said that Eraserhead 
the first time I watched the Razorhead, I didn't see the the themes of parenthood and and fear of growing up. I saw these are survivors of a nuclear war. Yes, <laughs> everyone's mutated. And the third series of Twin Peaks drips with a Razorhead, right? Okay, and it's in wow. such a great way. There are bits where it's slow. There are bits where it's painfully slow, but it's deliberate. And then you kind of, after a while, things last so long, but you're like, oh, what am I watching? You kind of get sucked into it. <laughs> That's, yeah, I'm desperate. What I want to do, I really just want to start from episode one and work my way into the new series. Because mm. I probably just need to buy it now. I yeah. don't know how to watch it. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And then you've got Bob. I need to speak about Bob. The mm. creepy man who comes out from behind the couch and walks right up to the camera. Yeah. And, and I, so many people I spoke to who were older than me and watched Twin Peaks when it first came out yeah, yeah, yeah. said they were just perpetually terrified of him. I was going to say, the, uh, what Twin Peaks does, even though it's not specifically a horror, it is one of the most terrifying things that's ever been on oh, TV. Yeah. Even just... No, I might be getting confusing it with the film. Even There's moments where they're just screaming into the camera. Oh yeah, I can't, the, is that the film? I can't remember. There are bits in the TV series, especially when Laura Palmer's mother, um, like what she goes through, the yes. loss of the child. Yes, she's got such an expressive face, these big wide eyes and this big yeah. mouth, and she more than anyone will get under your skin because there's. But she she starts seeing Bob. Yeah, that's right. And just her reaction to that, who is this creepy man in the house? There's some parts of Twin Peaks. Am I? Maybe it's explained in the new series actually, so maybe I won't say it. But stuff like the rings. Never really understood that. It was never answered. The rings. Is this the film? Maybe I haven't seen the film. Like there's some weird thing about protection rings and and that charms. Might, oh, and things. it might be in the film. And it never really explained itself. But yeah, well, yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't want to criticize. Even though Lynch hated it, I definitely wouldn't want to criticize the soap bits too much. They're brilliant. I thought. Oh, they are. Yeah. And I think. It, the third series did lack that a bit. You did want more of these silly bits when the music's all... Uh, that's the thing with Twin Peaks. Despite all of it, you do kind of want to live there. Oh, yeah. I want to try that... Damn fine cherry pie. I don't... Oh, yeah. I want to sit in that diner. Yeah. All day. Have a cup of joe and just watch all the characters. Yeah. Out. I love that. Mm. Hitchin needs that. I've said it, it before. Anyway. Another show um, that, to me, feels very post-Halloween, pre-Christmas. Um, and that's a show I spent all of yesterday binging because I found it on Amazon Prime. What's that, Adam? Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> now, on the surface, it is should be October because it's vampires and demons. and But again, it's that cosy, uh, under-a-blanket hug of just... Because it's not... Even though the first series is probably more horror-based than any of the others... Because it then gets into the characters. At this point, it's more like, this week, a demon's on the internet. In fact, uh, let me just say that. So it's all very much from the 90s. It's all vampires and it's got a gothic quality to a lot of what goes on. But there's one episode in particular, which is just... It's so of its time that it's actually quite hard to watch. So it's... Okay. You, we're introduced to a group of nerds. Even the main characters are just like, what a bunch of losers. Um, and it's the sort of IT club. Right. And they are scanning in books in the library to put onto the internet, I okay. guess, to archive it maybe. And Giles, the librarian's like, what is this evil box? You know, he's really, really against it. Um, but the uh, Willow, 
one of the lead characters who is a bit nerdy on the nerdier side, she gets in with the IT geeks and they start sort of hanging around together. And then she meets someone online. Everyone notices she's got more of a bounce in her step. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, what's going on? Tell, tell us what's happening. He's like, oh, I got talking to this guy. <gasps> tell me everything, this is huge. And then she reveals that it's someone she met online. When, that's, when it's revealed that it's someone she's met online, the characters' reactions are really interesting. Because they all act in complete horror. How can you meet someone or not? How can you meet someone you've never met? Oh, really? And it's like, oh, that's interesting. Compare that to the modern world. And it's such a weird, like... Because the whole thing is that the internet's the future. The computers are the way of the future. And it's the main characters, the heroes, going, mm, it's not really, though, is it? Oh, wow. Which feels completely at odds with with now where that show would be telling that now. Hmm. Yes, completely different. It's really interesting plane of existence, and it's it really that's the only time it really go feels dated. I think hmm. that's interesting, isn't it? That is what people I think need to see more of is what the world was like before this mass communication. Yeah, but that's the thing, and uh, the the IT teacher is saying to the librarian, Miss Miss Callender, she's saying, you know, this we're building a new uh, world, we're building a new society here. One of mass communication. They're like, no, thank you. I'd rather have my books. Mm. Yeah, really took me out that episode. The actual plot of the episode is that they scan in a book with a demon who's been been bound to the book. But because they scanned it, it's now free to roam online. Yeah, so it turns out that the person she's speaking to online is actually a big horrible demon. Okay. So, you know, whatever. But yeah, I, I just watched that episode and thought, huh, how things changed. And like, when I first watched that, I was agreeing with the characters. Huh. And now I'm watching like, what are you talking about? It's, just, it's good to communicate with strangers on the internet. It's ridiculous. Hi, it's us from the podcast again. Uh, just interluding with an extra bit of chat, a lovely slice of nugget. A brown nugget. Actually... A multicoloured purple and chalky uh, nugget. Now, it's just been Halloween, and we're not the only people in the world to have some surplus sweeties. Goodness me, that's a lot of sweets, man. Yes, I've got a bucket of uh, Swizzles party why, mix. Why? I was done. I'd done it, and now you've brought this into my house. Just smell that box. When you open it, it's just the smell of joy. Jeez, the smell of coronary. <laughs> now, what I wanted to ask your opinion on right. in this award-winning segment yeah, go on. is what's your favourite swizzle, love hearts, or fizzers? Or parma violets? Parma violets is interesting because they do taste like flowers, but they're very tasty. Thank you. So many people I know hate them. Because they taste like old women. They do. That's what they say. <laughs> they do. <laughs> oh. um, but what I was interested in, I have a pack of love hearts. Love hearts used to, when I was a kid, used to be uh, a sort of risque treat. You never yeah. knew what they were going to say. Just Touch me, kiss me. Hot lips. Yeah. Yeah. But last time I had love hearts, please excuse the crinkling, uh, I spotted that they're rather different. Oh, really? 
Yeah, so what have we got? Um, I'm shy. Uh, love bug. That's probably an old one. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> that was the love bug. <laughs> There's a clump of hair on my love heart, so I don't know where it came from. <laughs> right, I've got cheeky girl. Hey, I'm a cheeky girl. What have you got? First love. Oh, this is boring. First love. Awesome. Rubbish. Oh. Was your last one rubbish? No. Oh, uh, oh mine was crying face. Crying face? Cry, crying what? face. <laughs> Breakup hearts. That's an idea. Mm. It's not you, it's me. Oh, I was just going to swear. No mind. Um. <laughs> uh, my next one is a winky face. That's more appropriate, isn't it? Wait, can we swear on a podcast? No, oh, probably not. Wink. Oh, that's still weird, though, isn't it? If it someone gave weird. me that, I'd think they were going to put me in a van. Take me away. <laughs> um, I love that you're eating them. <laughs> awesome was my another one. I got, yeah, another awesome. I got love, yay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right. Oh, my God. Real love. Nah. Uh, but my last one. What's your, what's your last one? Forever. Forever. Forever and ever. Forever. Cheer up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what the? Cheer up, mate. Isn't that, like, oh. regarded as the worst thing you can say to anyone who's upset? Especially if you've dumped them. Sp- cheer, cheer up. up. <laughs> Whatever. Plenty more fish. I've cheer got... up. That's the worst thing. How sweet. Oh. An old lady's... If you show them... You, I don't know. You bring an old lady a cake or something. Right. So let's make a conversation. Oh, you've eaten all yours. i got <laughs> awesome... Got some i got some. All right. Um, I'm going to start with Winky Face. Oh, how sweet. All right. Uh, you're a cheeky girl. Oh, boy. Uh, I've got the love bug. Awesome. Love you. Forever. Ugh. Cheer up. <laughs> First love. That's it. Ruined it there. Just ruined it on the last one. Well, there you go. That's a good game. That was a good Didn't game. Know you could do that with other hearts. Yeah. Just another filling time. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> the way of the show this week. Anyway, back to the show. Adam's Film Reviews. Mandy, 2018. It's crazy evil. 
Starring Nicholas Cage as Red Miller and Andrea Riseborough as the titular character, Mandy sweeps us into the year 1983, where Red returns home to his girlfriend Mandy in an isolated cabin in the woods, where they live out their lives in blissful ignorance of the outside world. Both are happy and in love, that is, until Mandy catches the eye of a passing new wave cult leader, Jeremiah Sand. Wanting Mandy for himself, Jeremiah orders his followers from the Children of the New Dawn to take Mandy, and they do so with the help of the LSD-addled biker mutants, the Black Skulls. Yeah. When things take a sudden dark turn, Mandy turns from a dreamlike and meditative to an intense and insane odyssey of revenge, with Nicolas Cage turning from silent protagonist to screaming madman with one flip of a match. By the end, you won't know what to believe. Mandy's absolutely style over substance, and it's a real work of art. Directed by Panos Cosmatos, Mandy's rammed full of references to everything from trashy 80s B-movies to real-life murderers and religious figures. But buyer beware, this is a hard 18, and rightly so. This film isn't going to be for everyone, but for fans of cult cinema... You're not going to want to miss this. There was a lot of hype over this at the recent Cannes and Sundance film festivals, but as far as I'm aware, it's only currently available on DVD and Blu-ray at HMV. To be honest, it's worth every penny. Mandy is a true work of art. Watch it. So the other thing about November is the most British tradition of all, Guy Fawkes Night. Yes, yes. Remember, remember the 5th of November. Mm. The day that Guy Fawkes blew himself up in a firework factory. Yeah, 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 I guess. Mm. (laughs) Um, Guy Fawkes is a weird one. Have you ever heard Americans be told the story? Oh, they're just completely clueless. It's it's, It's the most British thing because... And it's easy to forget that no other culture knows what it is or why we do it. Is that why we always say to remember, remember? I guess so. It's mm. as, But it's like the equivalent of... Uh, President's Day. Yeah, or like... But with a terrorist. Oh, I don't know. It's it's a strange one. It's almost our equivalent of like... No, It's weird anything. that we're celebrating a man who tried to kill many people. Well, this is the thing. And overthrow a government. When I went to Manchester a couple of weeks ago... Um, I walked past a tour group. There's a woman leading the group, and she was telling the t- talking to this group of people who I assume were American, just because or Australian, because she was speaking English. That's the only reason I think so. But she, all I heard was, and on this day, this is why we burn an effigy of <laughs> Guy Fawkes, and the look of horror on these people's faces, because yeah, that sounds awful. That's what we do. That's the Wicker Man territory. It is. On, on behalf of our government, we're burning <laughs> this know. man on behalf of our government. It's like it's it's like the uh, five minute hate from 1984. We just yeah. here's a picture of the enemy. Now shout at it. 
It's exactly like that. It's it's yeah, it's fascinating. But here's the thing. Remember, remember the fifth of November. Right. But do you remember the story? Uh, I'll do my best. All right, let's go for it. So. The year is 1605. Oh, oh murder on the streets of London. No. Well, right, there was a bunch of... Um, so it was Protestant, wasn't it? The government was it was all Protestant. Everything was proddy. No, you can't say that. <laughs> is that offensive? Church of England. Protestants. Um, and the government was the same. Who was the king? King Protestant. Okay, uh, yeah. Charles. James. <laughs> James. James I. Yes. James the Sixth of Scotland, James the First of England. Ooh, right, and there's a bunch of men who don't like it. And Guy Fawkes wasn't the first one. He wasn't the ringleader. He was. There was another one, wasn't there? You tell me. I don't remember. I don't know. I'll, I'm going to come back to. I'll, All right, I'll Mr. Give you the answers. Mr. Um, Mr. Mr. Lever. Okay, let's call him. Yep, Mr. Lever. Yep, and he always wore. Um, this is the definitive history yeah. of the gunpowder plot. He always wore an individual cup from a bra over his mouth, <laughs> made of leather. Okay. And he decided to hire five bandits called Candle, uh, Trolley, Neville, um, Tony, and and Guy. <laughs> Tony and Guy. Um, yeah, I would have said knives and forks. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I'm here so far. Anyway, they're having a chat in a pub. And uh, they're saying, well, let's blow up the Houses of Parliament because we, we're Catholics and the Protestants are rubbish. So they made up a plot and uh, got loads of gunpowder. Yep. And uh, so they said, you know what, guy? You do it because you're the best at candles. Okay. Which is ironic because Candle's name is Candle and he's rubbish at candles. <laughs> so Guy Fawkes goes in down with um, an elephant because he can't... An elephant? Because he can't fit the barrels on that. Because how else are you going to get the barrels across London? No, yeah, you're right, yeah. So he has to take an elephant. But he parked it over the road, didn't he? Yes. He parked it at Elephant Castle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so he went down the stairs. He left the elephant there, obviously, at Elephant and Castle. Yeah. Um, and little did he know, Tony was, um, he had in the Houses of Parliament a mate called Bobbin. Right. And, um, Was he the house? Jester. <laughs> yeah. There's a jester. Bobbin, Bobbin! <laughs> oh, good Bobbin! Bobbin! <laughs> Bobbin the jester was, he entertained all of the parliamentarian men. Before they got into the politics. Yep, so he'd yep. come in and go, Bobbin! <laughs> and wave his bells around. Bad Bobbin! Bad Bobbin! <laughs> he wrote, Dear Bobbin, I've got a secret to tell you, but you mustn't tell anyone because it's very, very secret. And if you do, all of our covers will be blown. Oh, no. Guy, oh, Tony. Guy Fawkes, our mate, Guy, is going down into the cellar underneath the Houses of Parliament where they keep all of their Christmas decorations. Yeah. Um, with a load of dynamite, and he's going to blow you all to kingdom come and start revolution. Okay. So, Bobbin, so, so Bobbin, whatever you do, do not be at the Houses of Parliament today because it's going to go down. Bobbin's sick. So, <laughs> Bobbin got bad cold. So, but instead of that, Bobbin goes, Oh, no! <laughs> 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 
he runs as fast as his belled hat can yeah. carry him yeah, to yeah, Parliament. Yeah. No, no, no! Do not go to Parliament today! And he t- tells the roundheads. Oh, no. And he goes, what the, what's going on here? What yeah, they're, the? They're all played by uh, the Mitchell brothers. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh bloody roundheads. What's someone talking about there? What are you talking about, Bobbin? Oh, no. Sharon. Sharon's in the house. Sharon is in the Houses of Parliament as oh, right, well. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Grant despises that anyone would hurt his Sharon. Yeah. But little does he know that Phil is banging Sharon. <laughs> oh, God. And, um, the twists and turns. But that's beside the point. So Grant and Phil run <laughs> to the cellar of the Houses of Parliament <laughs> and uh, catch Guy Fawkes just as he's lighting his Debenhams scented candle, <laughs> yeah. which he then uses to light the fuse, as is ancient British tradition. Yes, yes. And just as it's fizzling along, they catch him and they arrest him. And it's all, the plot is foiled. And they take him and they torture him and they say, what's going on? And I don't think he gives any names away. I think he's quite nice. And they break his fingers and everything. Yeah, they... they mm, Do they hang, draw and quarter him? No, they were going to. But he went right at the end. Ha! And he leapt to his death and broke his neck. Whilst he was... Because they were going to hang, draw and quarter him. But then he jumped off and broke his own neck. Is that, is that actually real, that last bit? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Definitely heard that somewhere. I'm looking that up, I'm looking that up. Yeah, you're right. Well, well, well. Wikipedia says he either jumped to his death or climbed so high up the scaffold that the rope didn't work properly. Right. Because it's a set length, isn't it? So he avoided having his guts taken out and his willy chopped off and all of that business. He was later quartered, but he did. So he's dead, already done. And Bobbin was saved. Bobbin was Sharon saved. was saved. And the parliamentarians were saved. And England was saved. Yes. From the Catholics. Yeah. And in a weirdly Catholic way of celebrating it, an act of parliament designated the 5th of November uh, day for Thanksgiving of... Joyful Day of Deliverance. Wow. Where people were told to make bonfires. They turned that upon its head, didn't they? Yeah. When did guys appear? Penny for the guy before we burn him up the field tonight. (laughs) Well, I think that was a very concise history of what happened. Now people are very well informed. Hmm. Bobbin, the Parliament Jester, is... Oh, okay. Apparently the guys were uh, anyone in current news. Well, oh, really? So, so anyone who's naughty on the naughty Theresa list? May, up you go. Ah. Because everyone had to have a bonfire that night. They just got whoever the hell they didn't know, like. Do you remember when we did that to David Beckham? Some, some idiot up north or whatever. Right. I assume it's... I picture it up north. There's dirty northerners. <laughs> One of them, they made an effigy of David Beckham after Argentina knocked us out because he got a red card. Right. So they made an effigy of him and hung him from a sign. A, an effigy of Beckham. So right. we're still doing it. Yeah. Some, if well, we, to be fair, I mean, it's a British tradition. Mmm. Mmm. Wow. Who's most hated at the moment? Who is most hated at the moment? That's a good question. Um, Us, after this radio show. Yes. Um, oh, what's her name? Kate Hopkins. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's that might be last year's sort of thing, but she's that's still hated now. Hype. Mm. 
Who else is hated? Trump. That's the obvious one. Trump. Mm. Um, I mean, politicians. I, don't, I mean, I don't hate Boris Theresa Johnson. May. Theresa May to me is um, a wasp stuck in a bottle. Yeah, I know what you mean. Crawl its way out. I was having this can't. conversation with someone at work the other day. Yeah, mm. she's sort of stuck there. Yeah. Uh, Boris Johnson, people are quite against these days. Yes. I just don't want to make effigies. Why not? That's a bit, a bit far, isn't it? We made one two weeks ago. That's true, but it was of you. <laughs> yes. Mm. <laughs> uh, I think we... Sh- Who do we hate in the world of film? Who's our guy Forbes? Alec Baldwin. Yes. <laughs> I'm very indifferent about the man, if I'm honest. Michael Bay? Michael Bay? Maybe. But then again, I don't care enough. No, me neither. I mean, ask me five years ago, I would have said George Lucas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've softened on him as time's gone over. I mean, we could always just go after the sex offenders, but everyone else is doing it. Everyone that. else is there already yeah, been. It's already been coined. You have one message. Message one. Hey, uh, hello. It's uh, Alec Baldwin here. Um, just thought I'd let you know, Adam Arab, that I really appreciate what you're doing. Uh, Screen Bucket's a really important hey, show. Hey, I just... Hey, what? Hey, what? Hey. Hang on, hang on, hang on. What? I have that spot, bro. What? Baldwin? I have that spot. This is my spot. Uh, you saw me lingering over there. It's got your name on it? Yeah, this is where it? my spot is. It's got your name on it? I'm Alec Baldwin. You can, you can just take my spot just because you're a big actor? It's not parked already. Parked the car. Now you're on that. You're probably going into it. That's how you got to park the car. I can't believe we're having this conversation. I'm trying to have a phone call with two British filmmakers. I'll tell you what you're going to do. What? Reverse out of my spot, and then you can... Oh, I'm going to reverse out of my spot. You're going to reverse out of your spot. Well... You're going to reverse out of your spot right now. Why? Why should I? I'm just saying... Who are you? I'm Alec Baldwin. I'll show you right now. I'll show you right now. Oh! I'll just give him the top one. No! <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God! You brought the car. I'm so sorry, Adam and Rob. You brought the i got to finish this guy off. Oh, please, before no. Twiller find out. We haven't done this for a couple of weeks. In fact, you could almost say a month. Oh. Good Lord. Because we've been busy with our horror horrors. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I have once again summoned my list of words. Oh! Sorry. So, we're going to choose a genre. Yeah. We're going to choose a location. Yeah. And we're going to choose... Two characters. Good God. And we're going to tell a story. Completely improvised apart from these words. Cool. Okay. Let's do it. So, first off, genre. I'm going to run my finger over the sheet. Tell me when to stop. Stop. Thriller. All right. All right. Okay. Locations. Stop. An abandoned mine. Yes. Okay. Two characters. Stop. Train spotter. Yes. Okay, I'm from the bottom. Stop. Oh. Go. Stop. Perfume counter girl. Okay. <laughs> Abandoned mine. With a train spotter. Oh. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. Okay. We got this. All right. Um, so there is a railway that runs through a mine. Okay. Yep. 
and it's a very small track. It's only to get to a certain town. Mm. Um, they're on the verge of closing it down, so the train spotter wants to see the R127G. Remember that? R217G. All right. Um, go through... Um, mine... Are we acting this out, or are you just reading the story? I'm just trying to set it. No, no, no. Let's just go for it. Okay. You serious? Okay. All right. Okay. I'm going to be the perfect counter girl. Brilliant. Okay. Okay. Okay, okay. Quiet on the set. We premiere in three, two, one. You're listening to Screen Bucket with Adam and Rob. Jenny Doe, make sure you put the um, scented candles down by the perfumes at the back of the shop, please. Oh. It's to be seen by everyone. Yes, Mrs. Mask. Yes, yes, you must. Um, and whatever you do, we must be ready to open in one hour's time. One Sorry? One hour's time. No, I'm sorry. Run that by me again. I need you to open it so we can open the shop in one hour's time. No, I don't think we've got any more of that. I think yeah. we've got some... An hour, dear! An hour's time! Oh, an hour! Okay, an hour's yes. time. Yes, 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 yes. we can Remember. do that, yes. Yes, the problem with opening a perfume shop in an abandoned mine is there are issues we need to make sure we open on time so the customers know we are a place to visit. Yes, it is very dark outside. Yes, well, signs, um, the internet... Social media will get the word out and the people will come. Okay, yes, that's a fair point, yes. yes, yes. Everyone will come to an abandoned mine for some... Oh dear. What did you call it? A hour? A hour's time. Yes, dear, in a hour's, hour's time, we were the opening of the okay, shop. Okay, okay, yes. Oh, um, I'll just get this Odie candle yes. um, just out the, by the front yes, shelf, yes? Yes, yes, yes. Now, dear, I'm going to go and set up the perfume signs outside the mountain. Okay, all right then. Yes, now, don't have any breaks. I know what you like. Don't smoke in here, either. Oh, okay. Okay. You know, it's very small, it's very, very tiny. You can't need to smoke inhalation. We'll put the customers off. Yes, that's, that's fine. I will be back in half an hour. I'm sorry? I will be back in half an hour. Okay, yes. Okay. At four o'clock. Four o'clock. On the, <laughs> on the, on the 9th of November. Okay. Good day. Okay, bye. Bye. Oh, she's such a hard taskmaster. Or taskmistress, maybe. That's maybe that's how she's called. I just move all these things around. Excuse me. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Sorry, we're not open yet. No, 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 no. We're open in another half do you, hour. Do you, do you know what date it is? Um, I think it's the 9th of November. It's not the 9th of November. It's the 8th of November. I'm sorry? It's the 8th of November. Do you not see? I'm so... Sorry, I just I didn't I've seen you, you don't understand what's gonna happen. On the eighth of November, which is today, the R107G is coming through this mine to visit Hamley Wick for the very last time. I'm sorry, I don't know what you're saying. The train is going to come straight through your perfume shop and obliterate it in twenty-five minutes. Train? A train! But this is an abandoned mine, there's no train here. It's not abandoned until tomorrow! Oh, <gasps> but no, but no, 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 sorry. I, we were told to open today. I am the greatest train spotter in this country. I have spotted over 25,000 trains. You must listen to my words. Have you, have you considered buying some aftershave? 
Oh, sorry, but I, just, <coughs> I have to wear this anorak because it keeps the rain and the damp yes, away. but I can smell it from here. Well, I'm sorry, but my odour has nothing to do with the fact that we are all going to die! But it would be really good if you just buy some odour... Oh, okay, okay, what's this? What's this one here, this pink ball? Oh, um, that's a... Moniac. Oh, Moniac? Oh, yeah. Sure that's not a wine? No, it's mead-flavoured perfume. Oh, oh, I think yes. it suits oh, you yeah. very well. Oh, yeah, it suits your beard, yes, yes. Oh, thank yes. you, thank you, thank you. How yeah. much is that? Sorry? How much is that? I'm sorry? <laughs> how much is that? Hi. Oh, sorry. How much is that? How much is that? Oh, I see. It's, it's, um, it's £57,000. Uh, it's an abandoned mine, so it obviously has a bit of upkeep. And, and with the history of the old haunted ghost train that goes through this... Train spot £50,000? No, I've never met any one of you before. Oh, well, let me just say, I cannot afford that perfume. Have you got anything a little bit cheaper? Um, I'll look in the back. One second. Okay, okay. Oh, God, she's nice. I do feel like I've forgotten that something quite catastrophic is about to happen. Janitor, have you been smoking? It smells disgusting in here. No, madame. Ooh, who is this unsightly peasant? Oh, I just... Sorry, I was just in the back. I was finding some... Uh... No, this, this man in the anorak. Who is he? Oh, he's, um... Oh, the train spotter. You've just reminded me of something really important. The train is about to come through this perfume shop in t- 20 minutes' time now. 20 minutes. In 20 minutes? I'm sorry? In 20 minutes? Jenny, my dear, what is this man trying to tell us? I think he's saying something about a train, but this is an abandoned mine. There's no one, no trains that go through here. It's only abandoned from tomorrow, my dear. The last train to Hamley Wick is passing through this mine in 20 minutes' time. We must leave before it crashes into us and kills us all and all passengers on board. Um, well, that's... that's really happening. Yes. But, but what are we going to do? I don't know. Oh dear, I've come over all dizzy. Is, <sighs> is there anyone we can phone or, 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 or tweet? There's no signal in here. We didn't even set up any roof here. But... what? We didn't set up any roof here. Oh. We can't use the roof signal to contact anybody. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? My ladies, what we have to do is very simple. We have to collect up all of his perfume, all of the desks and everything, and we need to take it out of the shaft. We've got 18 minutes now. We have to get it all the way, 100 feet down to the end of that cave. But you're a, you're a train man. Do you not have a phone number? You could phone someone. There's no signal in this bleeding cave. What about this landline? Oh, yes. Well, well, who are we going to call? Well, surely you know someone. You're a train Spotting man. I'll call the police. I'll call the police. Hello? Hello? Emergency services? How can I read your call? Police and fire engine and uh, ambulance, all of them, all three. What? What's happening? Oh, we're stuck in the mine which goes to Hamley Wick. Um, Did you just drop something? Yes, I did. I dropped a glass bottle of perfume worth £50,000. Oh, It doesn't matter. Um... We have to stop the train from going through this mountain. I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Train? What train? The R107G! 
the R107G is going through the mountain and it's going to crash into Hamley Wick. Uh, no, it's not. It's going to it's going to go through the perfume shop in the mountain and everyone's going to f- die unless we stop the train. So you need to call the train driver conductor and stop him. And then uh, it- I think you need to call the train company directly, sir. Oh. We have no emergency oh. reason to. Oh no, that sounds fair. Can you give me the number, please? Yes, of course. It's. it's... I'm sorry. I'm sorry? 475972. Four, oh, okay. 457972. Four, uh, yes, close enough. Okay, thank you. What? Did, what did they say? Uh, I've got a call 479572. Okay. 479472. Okay. 72. Hello? Hello? Is this the train driver? This is train spotting direct. Oh, my God, I remember. Is it? R107G is about to pass through the morning. The R107G? Yes, you know it well. That's on its last route to... Hamley Wick. Hamley Wick, that's right, yes. Yes, it is. We need to stop the train, otherwise it's going to crash into... Oh, no, 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 stopping the train. It's the last one. How are we going to stop it? We have to stop it. Why do you have to stop it? Because there's a perfume shop has been erected a inside the perfume shop? shop? Yes. I've never seen one of those. That's because you're a stinky train spotter like I am, and we all stink and we're disgusting. That's very offensive. I know. <laughs> I'm really sorry. You're a community of well-spoken, well-well-off people. Yes, in filthy anoraks. Yes. Yes. Um. <laughs> sorry. Who did? Uh. Oh bloody hell! <laughs> Are you okay? You're sounding like a fisherwoman. Can you stop the R107G? Can you call the conductor instantly? I tell you what I'll do. I will, uh, I'll just try and phone the train di- driver directly and just see how far away he is. Oh, thank you very much. Okay. Driving a train. Hello? Train driver? Oh, yes. This is the train spotting company. Um. Uh, you again? Uh, yes. What do you want? We would like to say, I would like to speak on behalf of the entire organisation, but we think the R107G is a fine engine and we are very, very in awe of your ability to drive it and we really like you and we would like an autograph. I, t- I suppose so, but why are you phoning me? Oh, I was just been calling about, are you on the last and final route to Hamley Wick through the mine shaft? Um, mm, I am... Now, yes, I'm just oh, going into the abandoned mine shaft. Yes. Oh, okay, yes, do, 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 do. I just wanted to let you know, but someone has erected a perfume store right on the railway track, and in about five minutes' time, you're going to crash into it and kill them all, and probably derail the train as well, and kill everyone on board. Oh. Um. Yes, I didn't know if you wanted to hit the brakes now, but just to let you know, a lot of people are probably about to die. Um... Yes, oh, yes, thanks, thanks for coming over here, no. No problem, no. I'll, I'll hit the brakes now. Alright. I've broken the brake lever. This, this train's on its last route and now it's falling apart. What are we going to do? Well, I'll just inform the people who found me. Good day. How is, how's it all going? 
Have they stopped the train? Well, it's actually not that good news. I've just found out that the train driver has heard our message. He is very concerned and he has broke the brake on the train. And it looks like we're doomed. He's broken the brake on the train? He's broken the brake on the train. <sighs> how, okay. how much time do we have left now? Um, about five minutes. Five minutes? What? How big is this mineshaft? Oh, it's pretty big. Oh, it's pretty big. It's quite a big track, but um, the other side is only 50 feet away. So all we have to do, technically, is push all of this to the end of the tunnel, and then we might save ourselves. The train, on the other hand, is doomed because the brake is broken. What are we waiting for? Let's let's stop moving every, all the stock. I don't know how I'm going to stop the train. <gasps> Did you hear that? Did you hear that noise? Did you hear that noise? Oh, I didn't realise she was still on the phone. No, 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 no. It, it, it's the train spot. Uh, <laughs> Did you hear the noise? The train is coming. Oh, we must move more urgently. We, we must, we must. Hurry, hurry. Put it all on that trolley and then we'll wheel it along like Indiana Jones from the Temple of Doom. Well, Have you just drunk some of our perfume? Yes. I didn't realise it contained alcohol, but I feel quite woozy. Quick, get into the trolley, I'll push you. Okay. Yeah. It's just like Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom, except we're in a shopping cart full of perfumes, which fits perfectly onto a railway track. Down into the perfume shop. Oh. Ah, it's traveling right behind us. Oh no. Ah. I can see the exit. We're so close. We're so oh. close. Yes. Yes. Oh. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, kill that story. I mean. We might be out of practice a bit, <laughs> would you? Uh, we told a story. We told, we a, told story. a story. It's done. They died in the end. Yeah, they Thrillers did. don't have to have a happy ending. No, they don't. Everyone died. And the town of Hamleywick all were killed. Uh, well, did, were they or did the perfume stop stop the train? And save the and town. And save the town. We did it. We did it. Another one in the bucket. <laughs> the stream bucket is full. Yes. With joyous. Fantastic stories. Yes. Right, come on then, let's play a song. Well, that was episode five. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Been a bit of a haphazard one, I think, this week. Mm, it's been ups and downs, lefts and rights. Yeah, well, we've been, we're in the, you know, excuses, excuses, but we're in the post-Halloween slump, and that's essentially our Christmas. So mm. this is like going back to work in the 2nd of January. As far as uh, I'm well, maybe for you, but I'm about to go on my honeymoon. What? Yeah, I'm going to the Yucatan Peninsula in Mexico. What? Yeah, for two weeks, and you're going to have to record this without me. Mm. You're going to have to find someone else. You sod. With your life. Uh-huh. Travelling the world. Sun, sea, sand, and Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, well, look what I've got. Hitching. Yeah. Hitching. And it's dark out. At least it's nice and cosy. Yeah. Christmas is coming. I feel... Yeah. Yeah, that's the point. How long are you away for? 
Two weeks. Two weeks. So the next two episodes. The next two episodes, yeah. Yeah. Great. Wow. But when I come back, it'll be Christmas. That's even worse. You're just rounding up the misery. It's going to be great. Christmas. It's going to be the best. Mm. And I'm going to throw us in it for the second time. We're going to do a Christmas special. It's done. What? What? Aha. A Christmas special radio show? Uh, No, a Christmas special film. Uh. I'm making it happen. After the... Runaway success of Corvus. Yeah, 100 in, um, views on YouTube. I know, right? Cirque de Sacrifice. <laughs> the audience has been clamouring for a Christmas special. And we're going to do one. <sighs> we will do one. But we don't have to worry about that now. No. I've got a couple of weeks of misery as I tried to find a replacement. Mm. <laughs> ahead of me. And you've got a couple of weeks of joyous honeymoon bliss. <laughs> All-inclusive, I might add. Yeah, but you get the best drinks when it's you have to pay for them. Oh, I'm perfectly fine with drinking the filth. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Mm. The killer with worms. Yes. I hope you're going to bring me back presents. Perhaps. I'll do bring back some show and tell. Mexican show and tell. Wow. Wish we can drink. Yes. Mm. Worms. Yep, done. Cool. Well, uh, so that's our show for tonight. Um, we'll be back in two... I'll be back in two weeks. Scumbag. Um, remember, we're now on Thursday nights, uh, not Wednesdays. We've moved days because of football. Um, if you want to catch up on any of our last shows, please head to uh, com, which has all the uh, previous shows with music included. Mm-hmm. If you'd rather just hear the chat, um, including some extended interviews, then please head to uh, iTunes or Stitcher. For our podcast. Yep. And if you want to watch Shirk to Sacrifice, head to our Holodale Media YouTube page. Yes, indeed. Um, which I would have tweeted about on the at screen underscore bucket Twitter. Uh, yeah. And also, yeah, follow North Arts FM as well. Definitely. At North Arts FM. Uh, for updates on all our shows. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. So that was our show. Hmm. How did you feel that went? Well... Um, not well, no. Um, I was a, it was what you would expect from two people who shine so bright during Halloween and then plunge into darkness afterwards. Plunge into the November slump, yeah. Mm. But November's not all bad. We did talk about our lovely uh, Effigy Man. Yes, Effigy Man, uh, mm. Twin Peaks, yeah. Buffy. Buffy. I think Nightcrawler, interestingly, is a very november film. You're right. Although I'd be equally comfortable watching it in January or February. Actually, I was just thinking, there's something about uh, hot summer nights that reminds me, that makes me think of Nightcrawler. Oh, well, that's the LA in it, though, isn't it? I that's guess good. so. That could be any time of the year, mm. couldn't it? Yeah. Something about driving around on a warm, balmy summer night. Mm. Mm. Makes me want to listen to some synth. Oh, shut up about the synth, man. Jeez. <laughs> God damn. Anyway. Well, uh, yeah, that's the show, folks. So, um, Rob's gonna be disappearing yeah i'm off to mexico on my honeymoon Uh, as i said um i will miss all of you very much um but i'll be back i'll be back just in time for christmas where me and adam will be going balls deep ball balls deep can we say ball balls deep ball balls deep yeah yeah, we're going ball balls deep that might be the name of the next christmas episode ball balls deep with adam and rob (laughs) 
Yeah, into Christmas with some like amazing Christmas films to review. We're going to get some Christmassy games in, I'm sure. And we're just going to film something as well. And I'm expecting presents from Mexico as well. There'll be a present for our radio show. There won't be a present for you. But you will be drinking it. All right, I guess that works. Um, Yeah, cool. All right, guys. Well, uh, we'll see you. I'll see you in two weeks. I'll see you in a month. See you later, guys. Bye. 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 Bye, everyone. I'll see you in a month. Have a very nice November. Oh, he's going now. He's actually leaving the door now. Bye. I'm getting on a plane. (laughs) Breathe. Sorry, I'm making love hearts.